morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel. Would you stand with us as we sing to our Lord today? I wonder so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praises loud. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out. 
do a great job. That was, that was wonderful. Thank you, children. Thank you, Dean. Um, a couple of announcements to share with you this morning. Uh, as we continue in our, our service, um, first of all, all the baby bottles and the money must be returned today. There's a nice big basket back there. If you have not um, brought your baby bottle, your envelope back in, please make sure that you would contact Amanda Levo to make sure that that can be done. Otherwise, it needs to be in today. Um, the parking lot vote passed unanimously last week. So on Monday, tomorrow, they're going to start work on the back lot. Um, so we are going to have that taped off. It's not going to be open until it is available to be, to be used in the bulletin. It says a week. We're hoping not that long, but um, just to give you a, a time frame there. Uh, so we'll be blocked off. That's the back lot. If you commute and use the church, you can park anywhere around the church. Um, you can actually park right in front of the church offices if you would like as well, um, wherever you can find a spot. There's no youth group or prayer meeting tonight due to Mother's Day. Um, Brooke Morrison, the Child Evangelism Fellowship Director, needs a new roof. And uh, this was addressed last week by Leonard. He shared the details in regards to that. The White Church is out this week to help with his roof. He did not request this, correct? This was not his request. Um, this is something that we'd like to do as a church um, to be able to help him um, in, in one of his needs. So if you feel led to give to that, the White Church is out there. Um, and it will only be out this, this week. Next week, please make sure that you remember, is our focus on Missions Day. Rick and Deb Carey will be here with Hope Bible Mission uh, in Guatemala. And my last announcement this morning, and I think I left it seated on the pew. What's that number, John? What's that number? Thank you. We'd like to thank all of the volunteers that participated in the yard sale. Uh, many, many, many hours were put in. All of you who donated, thank you so much for your donations. And the total came to $1,843.30. So we are so thankful to the Lord for that. Thankful to you for that. This is going to be used for the kingdom and for the kingdom's work. So uh, praise the Lord together. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are so thankful for the chance that we have to be in your presence today. Today's a special day, Lord, a day that we set aside to gather in your name. May you be honored and glorified in everything that is said and done this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you. 
Thank you, choir, for that challenging message this morning in song. Now I invite you to stand with me as we sing hymn number three, 530. Hymn number 530, Gracious Savior Who Dishonored. Stand with me. <laughs> Thank you, and you may be seated. Good morning. Um, if you could pull out your prayer ministry sheet with me, and, and I'd like to point out um, a couple of things on there. Uh, you might notice that Pastor Bob is not with us this morning. He is not feeling well at home. Um, I, I believe with flu-like symptoms, if that's right, right, Sue? So um, we can pray for him. Definitely the Lord would give him a quick and speedy recovery. It wouldn't get any worse than it is right now uh, because we all know how it feels to have the flu. <laughs> it is not enjoyable whatsoever. Um, Pat Snyder, here on your sheet it says she is in the hospital with pneumonia and fluid in her lungs. Pray for healing. And then if you turn around, Pat Snyder is here this morning. So... If you were praying for healing, thank the Lord. The Lord has answered that prayer. It is great to have Pat with us this morning, and, and uh, she is doing well. Um, and we thank the Lord that she is able to be here. Now let's go to our, our Father in prayer. Gracious God, we are so thankful. Lord, to be in your presence this morning. Father, to be with family and you and in Christ this morning. Lord, we thank you for answered prayers. God, we thank you that no matter how many times we call, you always listen. Lord, there are many names on this sheet, and there are many names in our hearts, Father, that, that were not mentioned today. But Lord, you know the requests of your people. You hear our cries. Father, I pray for healing for those who need healing. Father, I pray that you would lead us Father, on a path that is guided by your will and your wisdom alone. Father, as we go about our week, that it may be one that brings, that brings honor and glory to you. Lord, today we are gathered in your name and in your name alone. God, would you, would you speak truth into our hearts, to our souls, into our minds this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Would you stand as we continue to sing to our Lord?
I'm John. Nice to meet you. I'm Jane. Nice to meet you. We're writing a song for moms because Mother's Day is coming up. Are you excited about Mother's Day? Yeah. How excited are you? We wondered if you could help us write the song for moms. You want to help us do that? Mm. Mm. What should the first line be? Um, Mother's Day is an important day for moms. What is your favorite <clears throat> thing about your mom? She's a little bit sporty. You can be too much sporty. Yeah. No. Can't you? But you can't? I'm 10, and my mom's like five. She's like halfly. Halfly sporty. What are what are some things that you've learned about women over the years? They like um, boys who um, have strong muscles. What does your mom look like? Her skin is really soft, and she wears the same some same clothes over and over. She does. Mm -hmm. What's her favorite outfit? A lot of high heels she loves. A lot Purple one, black one. She has a lot of black. A lot of shoes. Mm -hmm. What superpower does your mom have? Yelling. Yelling? Mm. If you could write a song for your mom, what would it be like? You're happily sporty, you're happily pretty. There. Hey, what's one thing your mom always says? Do that, do that, do that. And let Pete in. Let Pete from outside. Is Pete your dog? Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. So funny. She loves, does so she love funny. Pete? Pete? Yeah. Well, he can't breathe, but he's at the vet, and we're going to pick him up, and I hope he's done not breathing, and I hope he can breathe. It's not really funny. It's not, it's not, it's not funny. It's not funny. Uh, Jane, this is not funny. Pete's having a hard time breathing. Where do moms come from? Um, they come from their other moms. Mm -hmm. which, um, that comes from their other moms, and that comes from their other moms. It just is a circle around. What do you love about your mom? She cooks yummy noodles. Noodles? If you could write a song for your mom, what would it be like? Mm. More material. Come on, just let it flow. Mm -hmm. Just let mm -hmm. it flow. Moms are our friends every day. When they tell us do the thing, we better do it the right way. Mm. Wow, that was awesome. Oh, great nice. job. Thank you so much. Just put room mic space in that way. Yeah. In the so we are about to track a Mother's Day song. We are just so excited about it. We've been writing and planning and just getting ready, rehearsing. Hey, John, uh, I think we've yeah. got everything we need here. So uh, if you want to, you know, head on out, I think we're good. So we don't need you. Sure? you. I mean, I've got my, no, I no, no, my schedule. I mean, I'm good the rest of the day. Totally. I, I mean, I appreciate everything, but I think you're good to take off, so. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah, sure. Oh. Oh, sorry. All right, great. Let's do this. One, two, one, two, three, four.
How funny is that, right? That's, uh, you know, Sarah and I have been watching this, uh, this clip for a couple weeks now, and we've watched it over and over and over. And it's, we kind of have a joke with our dog when he's out, go let Pete in, Sarah, go let Pete in. Uh, children, you are dismissed to your children's classes. Thank you so much for being, being up here. Um, thank you for staying. You guys are awesome. We love you. And I guess the kid that said moms come from moms and come from other moms, and it's a big circle. I guess he's referring like a circle of life. Is that kind of, I, I don't know. Is that, it's kind of, where does that circle, you know, where? <laughs> um, but, oh, what a, what a great video. You know, this is now our fourth Mother's Day here at Word of Life Chapel. And uh, every Mother's Day we do something a little bit different. And this year we're going to do something a little bit different once again. Um, we would like to give a gift this morning to all of the women in attendance. Um, we are going to give that as you head out of the doors this morning. Some of our awesome students are going to be out there. They're going to hand out, all, um, hand out the, the gift to you. But we are so thankful for all the women that we have here at Word of Life Chapel, for all of the ladies. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of the gifts that the Lord has given you. Um, and we want to show you that appreciation this morning by giving you a, a gift. But we would also this morning like to recognize all of the moms that we have here in attendance. If you're a mom, would you stand up so we can love on you this morning? Come on, I know you're there. All right, thank you. Let's give them a hand this morning. We are so thankful for you, moms. We are so thankful for you. You may be seated. Thank you. So I have a question for you this morning. And I'm going to turn on my monitor, otherwise I'm not going to know what I'm clicking. When is the last time that you looked in a mirror? This morning. Do you ever look in a mirror? Uh, maybe you looked at your car mirrors as you were driving this morning. Maybe it was when you were getting ready, brushing your teeth, doing your hair. Maybe this morning it was not necessarily a mirror, but you took a selfie, right? You took a selfie. Some, some of you might, my phone doesn't even take pictures, right? But some of you might take many, I know at youth group, man, they're snapping pictures away all the time. Steven Berger, I'm going to mention your name. He's one of the biggest ones. <laughs> He's one of the biggest ones. Picture, picture, picture. Maybe you've uh, taken selfies before with friends and pets, your family. Uh, my sister was doing this thing she called selfies with dad. And she would randomly run up to my dad with her phone and take a quick picture while my dad wasn't paying attention. And she did this over and over and over again. And it was so funny to look at these pictures that she had taken because my dad would, you know, he'd see that and he'd try and smile, but he would never get the smile he wanted to get before the picture was taken. He would never, and sometimes it was kind of annoyed, you know, like, you know, in the picture. And, um, but I think, you know, as we think through looking in mirrors and selfies, it seems like women do it more than men. I don't know if you'd agree with that this morning. The Telegraph put out this statistic. Please don't think that I'm, I'm saying that you spend more time in a mirror. But here's what the Telegraph said. They said that women in their lives spend at least 3,276 hours getting ready in front of a mirror. 3,276. Men 
spend 1,092 hours in front of a mirror. I mean, look around the room this morning. The ladies all look so lovely. They, they got dressed. They got prepared, ready for church. And then look at the men. <laughs> you know, and, and maybe, maybe this morning, maybe you're, you know, saying, well, I, I spent time getting ready. You know, I, I spent time getting prepared. I'm not necessarily talking about you. I'm talking about holy rollers. Those are the people that wake up, roll out of bed, throw on something, and come to church. <laughs> holy rollers. No, but listen, we, we love you no matter how you dress at Word of Life Chapel. We really do. Whether you're in a suit or sweatpants, you are welcome here. And we are so thankful that you are a part of our family here at Word of Life Chapel. I had a friend in high school who he would never look in a mirror. He had really short hair. It was buzzed. He said, I didn't have to look in a mirror. You know, I don't have to look in a mirror. I get a shower, brush my teeth out the door. I believe there is something and, and uh, a trap that goes across generations. It just manifests itself a little differently. And I refer to it as the selfie trap. What is the selfie trap? Let me tell you a story. There was a German philosopher by the name of Schleiermaker. Schleiermaker. Have you ever heard of Schleiermaker before? And I could be saying his name totally wrong. I practiced and practiced. Schleiermaker. He did much to shape the, the progress of modern thought today. Um, but there was a story of, of Schleiermaker when he was an older man. He was sitting in a park bench in a city all by himself. And a policeman sees him and thought he was a homeless person. He, a policeman goes up, grabs him, and shakes him and says, Who are you? And Schleiermaker says, I wish I knew. He says, I wish I knew. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are so thankful for the chance we have to open your word this morning. Father, I pray that you would speak truth this morning. Father, we're so thankful we don't have to create truth, that it doesn't come from us. It only comes from you. Lord, I ask that you would guide my words this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The selfie trap is a case of what I would call mistaken identity. Some of the questions you can think of as, as you're processing this is, who are you? And whose are you? How do you determine your worth? How do you view yourself? Maybe you determine your worth based on your popularity at work or at school. Your identity, you're searching for acceptance from people at work or at school. And when you receive that acceptance, you feel, just feel great because it's what you've been missing. Maybe you find your identity in your bank account. And the bigger your bank account grows, the more you feel like your worth is there. Maybe your worth is in your physical abilities to play sports, to build things, to uh, paint things, or, or whatever your hobbies would be. Where is your worth? How do you determine your worth? Somebody once said, we all know that mirrors don't lie, but it's a good thing they don't laugh. We all know mirrors don't lie, but it's a good thing they don't laugh. I actually disagree with that statement a little bit because I think that mirrors do lie. Now, here, here's what mirrors might tell you. Mirrors might tell you that you are now 20 pounds away from that 10 pounds you wanted to lose at New Year's, right? Um, that may, might tell you that you're, you're not where you want to be. They might show that you haven't clipped your nails in a while or that your hair is getting long. But, but mirrors only show the outward appearance. They only show what's on the outside. They can't show anything more than that. And, you know, the Bible talks about that, doesn't it? There's a story in the Bible when the Lord sent Samuel to find a new king for his people. And Samuel arrives at Jesse's house where Jesse's sons were. That's David's family. And Jesse comes up and meets David's oldest brother by the name of Eliab. And the Bible says that Samuel sees Eliab and he says, oh, this guy has to be the king. This is the king. The Bible says he was sure Eliab was the king the Lord had. But the Lord answers Samuel in chapter 16, verse 7, and he says this, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at 
the heart. See, as people, we have a tendency to look for things that we can feel, we can taste, we can smell. But, but God, God isn't concerned with those things. He's looking deeper. He's looking deeper. I think it's also important as we talk about our identity and our worth that we realize that you were created by God and you are God's masterpiece. Psalms 139 says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am, and this is, this is the key part, fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. A couple of years ago in youth group, I showed a video that related to this topic. It was done by the Skit Guys. And if you need to figure out what they do, it's in their name. They're Skit Guys. And what they would do is they, they make these skits, they post them online, and they're, they're really good. Um, but this one was referring to how we are God's masterpiece. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I just uh, have been working on the nursery um, in our house, right? Getting ready for our baby that's soon to be coming. When I look at the nursery, all I see are its imperfections. If somebody says to me, Tony, is, is your nursery done wonderfully? I would say, absolutely not. <laughs> I spent time in it, but that's not what I see. But the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When God looked at you, he said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are his masterpiece. Masterpiece. That does not just mean that you are a mistake or an accident. You are a masterpiece. That's a crazy thing to think about. That God gave you the gifts he gave you for a reason. The talents he gave you for a reason. God does not make mistakes. No, no, no. Our God is perfect. And as he made you fearfully and wonderfully, you know, the last four verses, um, I'm sorry, the, the detail of these four verses um, to me are astonishing. Your eyes saw my unformed body. I mean, think about that for a moment. You knit me together in my mother's womb. What detail? What detail? But while we are all masterpieces created by God, sin entered the world. And we see in Genesis that we are all born with a sinful nature. But this is where our worth and our identity is truly found, and this is where it gets awesome. If you could open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Open with me to Ephesians chapter 1. You can pull it up on your phone, or, or if you have your Bible with you, that would be great. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Here's what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now I want you to pay extra attention to verse 6 and 7. Two, that we should be holy and without blame. Oh, I have the same slide twice. To the praise and glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, 
that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Now, we're only going to look at verse 6 and 7 today. I encourage you to go back and read through Ephesians 1 again, talking about our position. Here's where your worth is found. Here is where your worth is found, in your position before God. Your worth is found in Christ. And here's what Ephesians chapter 1 is saying. It's saying, in Christ, you cannot be more loved, more accepted, more redeemed, or more forgiven than you are at this very moment. At this very moment, if you are in Christ, being if you are saved, you cannot be more loved, more accepted, more redeemed, or more forgiven than you are at this very moment. But that's only in Christ. That's not in me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. Let me read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. See, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, if you are saved, you are a new creation. You are a new creation, not in me, not in what we've done, but in Christ. The old is gone, the new is here. The key words in this are in Christ. Now, it's important that we, we understand that, we realize that it's only through Christ. And then we look back at Ephesians 1. And here's what it says. Let me go back to verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. If you are in Christ, you are accepted in the beloved. In him we have, the re- we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In, in your uh, sermon insert, you have a quote from a man by the name of Brennan Manning. Brennan Manning recently passed away. Um, and this is a little bit of a different one than what you have in your sermon insert. Two, of, two different books that he wrote. But this one is from one called Abba's Child. And here's what it says. Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Ephesians chapter 1 is telling you that, listen, if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, you cannot be more loved, more accepted, more redeemed, or more forgiven than you are at this very moment. You might not feel like it, right? We might not feel like it. We cannot let feelings interfere with what the facts are. Because that's the truth. Because there's an enemy, and we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes, who doesn't want you to realize that. Right? He doesn't want you to believe that. He doesn't want you to know that. Who we are is in Christ. My worth is in Christ. And since I am in Christ, I am accepted. I am loved. I am redeemed. And I am forgiven. Not in me. We spend so much time trying to find our worth, our value, our identity, and so many different things that slip through our fingers, that leave us empty-handed. When our identity is in one person alone. Our identity is in Christ. And this is our position. See, when you are in Christ, God no longer looks at you through your sin. Instead, he sees you in Christ. And that's where this whole thing, that's that's how you see this whole thing. Is that God now views you in Christ. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you are redeemed by his blood, then when God looks at you, he no longer looks at you through your sin. He looks at you as being in Christ. And since you are in Christ, you are redeemed, you are accepted, you are loved, and you are forgiven. Now, let me just clarify this real quick. This is positionally before God. This is not referring to our walk, right? This is positionally. They're two different things, right? Here at Word of Life Chapel, we believe that once you are saved by the blood of Jesus, nothing can take that away. That should get an amen. That should get an amen this morning, right? Let's try that again. Once you are saved by the blood of Jesus, nothing can take that away. Amen. Amen. Nothing can take that away from you. That's your position. Now, as far as our walk goes, 
We know that even when we're made a new creation, the old man, the old nature still rears its ugly head. We are still tempted. We still fall into sin. We still make mistakes. See, positionally before God, you might be up here because you're in Christ, but your walk might be down here. And our goal at one day is we will be made new and we will be perfect. Right? But until that day, we are not like that. And we should be living in an upward trajectory. Living, our, our walk should be trying to grow closer to our position. Because we are to imitate Christ. Right? Our walk and our position are never going to match on this earth. Never. But one day. But one day. But there is one. There is someone who does not want to see you grow in your walk. There is someone who does not want you to realize where your identity lies. There is someone who does not want to see growth in your life, does not want to see success, spiritual success in your life. And there is one who seeks to destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8-11 says this, Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. There is someone who does not want you to realize your identity, who does not want you to say, you know what? In Christ, I am accepted. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. Because he wants you to think that you are not accepted. You are not loved. You are not forgiven. That you do not deserve, that you are not worth anything, that God doesn't even care about you. You're too bad for God to care about. See, the devil is alive, he is well, he is on the prowl. I think he's one of the biggest, what I would call, identity thieves in the world. Except he doesn't want what you have to put it in his own pocket. He just doesn't want you to have it. He doesn't want you to realize your identity in Christ. He wants you to feel like you are not forgiven. Like you are not loved. And the battle's in the mind, isn't it? Isn't it? That's why it says, stay steadfast in the faith. How do we stay steadfast in the faith? By prayer, by being in the word. Last week, I, I showed a video clip, but there was a quote I want to just mention from that video. It said, the lion may roar, but I see his leash. And it's referring to 1 Peter 5. The lion may roar, but I see his leash. And here's what it's saying, that we need not fear Satan. As Christians, we need not fear Satan. Yes, he is powerful. But 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he who is in you than he who is living in the world. Do you believe that this morning? Do you live like that? That greater is he who is in you than that roaring lion who's looking to devour you. Verse 9 says, resist him, steadfast in the faith. That assumes that we can do it through Christ. I believe being steadfast in the faith, as I said, is being in prayer, being in the word of God. We need to know what the scripture says so that when the devil, when the enemy, when Satan comes to attack, we are able to respond, not with our own thoughts, but with truth from the word of God. Just as Jesus responded to temptation. That when Satan comes to you and says, you, you, you've made too many mistakes in your life. You, you can't be forgiven. You go, well, actually, no. No, Satan. No, 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 no. Ephesians chapter 1 says that since I'm in Christ, since I'm in Christ, I am forgiven. And I cannot be more forgiven than I am at this moment right now. 
I cannot be more accepted by God than I am in this moment right now. I cannot be more loved than I am right now. I cannot be more redeemed than I am right now. See, that's the selfie trap. It's a battle in the mind where we search for our worth, for our identity, when our worth and our identity is found in one alone. My worth is not about me. Because if it was about me, I'm really not worth that much. (laughs) My worth is found solely in Christ. My worth is found solely in Christ. And because my worth is in Christ, I am accepted. I am loved. I am redeemed. And I am forgiven. My prayer is that you remember that in Christ, not in me, but in Christ, you cannot be more accepted, loved, redeemed, and forgiven than you are at this very moment. Don't fall into the selfie trap. It's a tough place to get out of. And Satan wants to push you in that bottomless pit. He wants you to keep searching for your identity. But we know that according to 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The lion may roar, but I see his leash. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that in Christ we are accepted, we are loved, we are redeemed, we are forgiven. Not by anything that we can do because we know that alone we cannot do anything. It's only through you. It's only through the blood of Jesus that we are redeemed, that we are forgiven. Lord, I know this morning there are people that are wrestling, Father, with depression, with anxiety, with not feeling like like they can be forgiven for mistakes that they've made. Father, Satan loves to wrestle in our minds with those things, to tempt us, to discourage us. He is the great deceiver. Lord, remind us of your love for us. Help us to remember you. Father, as you often told the Israelites, don't forget me. Remember the Lord. Help us to remember you, even when times are going well, to remember that on the mountaintop we give you all the glory because our identity is not in who we are, but it's in you. May you receive all of the glory and honor forever and ever and ever. Amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us in amazing grace. I invite you to take your hymn book and turn with me to hymn number 288, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Will you stand with me as we sing together? I have all 
Father, once again, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity we have of gathering together here to worship you and to study your word. Now, Father, as we, pray, as we pray that as we go as a scattered church, that we might truly be witnesses and testimonies for you. Thank you again for all you've done for us, what you will do, and we'll be careful to give you the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to sign up for the potluck dinner next Sunday, Mission Sunday. Sign up in the...